0: Father, we are gathered here in the name of Jesus. It is you who we're here for. It is you that we worship, dear Jesus. Thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for carrying us for another week. And Lord, I pray you, I pray that you would be here with us. Lord, there are people in this room and people who are watching and listening who truly want to be in your presence. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we want this to be all about You. All about You. Not for our comfort, not for our likes, but Lord, just to worship You, just to show You our adoration, just to honor You, just to bring glory to Your name. Lord, we do want to be in Your presence. Lord, we do want to feel Your power. Lord, we do want for You to change us to mold us and make us, create us, Lord, in the image of Jesus. So, Lord, as we honor you, I pray, Lord, that whatever's done over the next little while, however long we have together, Lord, that you're right in the middle of it, and that it's all about you, not about us. Lord, we got to do something supernatural. Lord, I can't speak anything that's really relevant, that's really substantial, that's really without your help. So, Lord, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would do something supernatural, something that I can't do in myself, Lord, but help me to speak the things that they need to hear. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Continue to be honored, be glorified among us. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Now we sang that song, Rain on Me. It's about to. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to give a little bit of time to settle. You know when the kids leave and everything. I, I just want to have everybody's full attention because I feel moved. And if uh, the media people, please follow me because it's, it's liable to get silly in a good way. I truly believe that there are people in this room and people that are watching that truly, absolutely, without any shadow of any doubt, are here because they honor and adore and worship God. And I truly believe that our worship, though we're small, our worship is of the utmost importance, not to God, but to us and so i truly also believe that in our worship because the scripture just bears it out in our worship of him when we focus our attention on him when we're here to please him and not just to please ourselves not just to get a program not to just get entertained or anything like that something happens and i'll continue to believe that because the scripture has that that's what the scripture tells me that's it, it, amen and, and we're in the last days. And so I want to be really serious about what the truth of the Word says to me and what I should be doing. When when I am... When He splits the sky, what will I be doing? When He splits the sky, I want to be about my Father's business. My Father in Heaven. Amen? And I, and I know that many of you in this room and many watching and listening, your heart is the same. But in this moment, I just... If there's someone in this room or someone that's watching, you've been praying about something. Now listen, I'm not talking about your Santa Claus list. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not, and I don't mean to make fun or be funny. I'm, I'm just 100% serious. You know that either there's been a stumbling block that you continue to stumble over, or there's just um, someone in your life that you've been praying for. Or s- I want to tell you honestly, the Lord is here. Yes. And He will hear you. But now watch. If you think that what I'm saying is just of Tony, it won't do you any good. But if in your heart you know in this moment that the Lord is speaking to you, then you pray a prayer. You pray, and you believe, and you trust, and you receive. So if it's for your children, your children's children, if it's something that is in your life that you, need, that you know that God needs to work it out, that you've tried and tried, and you just can't seem to shake it, Now's the now is the time. Now is the time. Amen. Take a moment. Let's let's just silent in prayer. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this moment, for this opportunity. Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing us, bringing to our remembrance and leading and guiding us in this moment that we may ask for those things that truly are the things that not bring us comfort, not necessarily things that um, fulfilled the lusts of our flesh, the lusts of our eyes, or the pride of life, Lord, but these truly spiritual matters that we bring before you. Lord, whether we've stumbled over the same things continuously, Lord, whether we continue to make prayers for our children or our children's children or whoever it may be, Father, for those lost, Father, in Jesus' name, for the healing for the healing, for the physical healing. Lord, in Jesus' name, we put all of our faith and trust in you. And Lord, I pray that in this moment we would bring it to the altar and we would leave it with full confidence, Lord, that you will do exactly what you said you would do. So Lord, whether it happens instantaneously or however long it takes, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We trust you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. 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 When we leave here, let's have confidence. Amen? The Lord heard your prayer. Amen? So we're going to begin in Isaiah 61. I really believe that the Lord has been you know, uh, exercising my spirit over the last few weeks, I've wrestled with this one. And so I want to warn you, there's going to be some reading and there's going to be some very basic and rudimentary stuff as usual. But hopefully the Lord Holy Spirit will minister to you in a very real and powerful way. That's my prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name. We're going to begin in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. Chapter 61, verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Do you notice this, this, my brothers and sisters? It is the Lord doing it for me. Now, The salvation, obviously, that came, it came through Jesus Christ. The Lord gave it to me. The righteousness that I have, I haven't achieved on my own. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. But you notice that I'm covered. He's covered me with something. He's, He's clothed me with something. Amen. Amen? So th- I think that's the tone and tenor, and I, and, and I pray the Lord again would minister to each of you like he's ministered to me as I was preparing this. We're going to begin in Genesis chapter 2. Uh, not yet, Kason. Uh, in chapter 2, let me just give you a little bit of... Um, obviously, the Lord has created the earth. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Chapter 1, the earth was out form of void darkness covered the deep. God said, let there be light, so on and so forth. Then we get to chapter two, you know, he starts uh, doing things on the earth. Amen. Okay. So Lord, the Lord God um, created Adam from the dust of the earth and he breathed into him life and made him a living soul. So now in, in verse 15 of chapter two is where we're going to begin our reading. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So I'm going to thank you, Kazan, for leaving it up there for a minute. Listen, I, I, there's, there's several things here. And as we go, I hope, hopefully this will ring on you like it rang, rang in my heart. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Edom to tend it and keep it. So God, already there's this, this establishment here. He created man and his image like it's made him a living soul, but he's already have, he already has a purpose and a plan. He's given in this Garden of Eden, which is a beautiful garden. There's nothing really for him to do except to tend this garden, which God has already planted. There's so many things in there. Everything, all the provision is there. In fact, we also know, because many of us have been in the Scripture, we also know that God even provides himself. And, and some believe that Eden itself met, represented the presence of God. But we do know that God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. So you have Adam in this garden, in this beautiful garden, in this thing where all provision is already made for him. And God said, okay, here's where I'm putting you and I have this purpose for you. Amen? That didn't change. We all have purpose. Amen? See, we don't always know because we're too, too busy serving ourselves and we forget that. Now, again, I'm going to say some things in general. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Okay. We, we forget sometimes because we're all about our business and we forgot about God's business. But look what it says. And the Lord God commanded the man. See, there's something there. And Okay, why would God even do some of the things that he... Why would he put this... this Whatever this is, It it, it could be representing something. It doesn't necessarily have to be a specific physical tree. But wherever it is, why did God... He has to. There has to be... A command: I have no problem knowing that there's a true and living God, knowing that there's a God who created everything, who has all power and all authority, making a command of me. He created me. But there are so many, and, and, and in this culture, not just in this country, but in countries, are, from the beginning, the father of rebellion, even the angels rebelled. But there's that spirit that, when Adam and Eve fell. We have to live with it. It's part of who we are. Amen? So let me continue in verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good for the man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Do you see this now? See, this is more, this is more purpose. This is more that God gave to Adam, gave to man. Okay? So look, there, this is an awesome thing. This is the, the, the true and living God, God Almighty, the creator of all things. He's, he's delegating a, a little bit of, a, of responsibility. He's delegating something uh, to his creation. Amen? I, I think this is awesome stuff. And whatever Adam called the living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to cattle, to birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him and the Lord God caused a deep sleep. Now let me ask you something. i got to pause here. When the Lord formed all of these animals and brought them before Adam, was he surprised that there was nothing that was comparable to him? No, of course not. Isn't that a silly question? It's not a silly question because here's something that's even sillier. We're speaking right now, and I know that there are young people in this room and hopefully uh, many more that are listening and watching, and maybe even some not so young we're so told and taught from early on that you know, these are silly stories, that this, is not, this isn't really the way it happened, that there was not a creator, that there was this big bang, and that's one of the theories, there was a big bang and everything evolved. In fact, I heard this past week, uh, and may, if some of you back me up, I heard this past week that uh, scientists originally believed that the universe was, uh, was it 14 billion years old or something like this? And now all of a sudden they say, no, 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 we were wrong. It's, it's double that. It's about 27 billion. Hmm. That's not like, you know what? If someone ever had to make a mistake with my paycheck, <laughs> that's not even close. That, that's, that's not even close. But now, listen, uh, and I'm saying this, and, man, listen. They will continue to tell our kids lies and continue to downgrade everything that's in here and you know, make believe that this is just, you know, it's not real, it's made up, blah, blah, blah. But you tell me, I'm supposed to follow the science? Which science? Come on. I also, uh, I, I had on my computer, I saved it a, a while ago. In 2008 when you know the global warming thing was part of the issue and all this other stuff. You know what? There was an article, some, some scientists said, forget the global warming thing, we're headed for another ice age. They said the same thing in the 70s when I was a kid, that we were going to have another ice age. And they missed that by a Man, it's hot! <laughs> but my brothers and sisters, listen, here's my point. My point is, you know, they say these things and they are the scientists and we're supposed to believe them. But now here we know we have God we have it documented. Oh yeah, but man wrote that. Okay, what men are you believing anyway? You're going to believe a man. I believe what the Bible says in and of itself, especially because it's proved itself to be correct over and over and over again. Hallelujah. So, yes, and I think this is just an awesome thing where the creator of all things, the almighty God, brings these things that he created and allows and gives Adam, man, the responsibility to be involved in this. How awesome is that? That's an awesome God. Hallelujah. That's not some being that's on this big power trip. That's not some being that's, I'm in charge, and no, no, no. He makes, and when he makes a command of Adam, he makes the command and says, don't do this because it will cause you harm. Did you notice that most of the, all of the commands of God are for our own good? Have you noticed that? When I was a young man a long time ago. Now when I was when I was a kid I, I you know when my mom and dad told me things most of the time it was Because it was for my own good. If they gave me a command or if they scolded me, rebuked me, whatever, it it was because it was for my own good. I remember specifically, and and while I'm meditating on this message all week, I I don't know why it kept coming to me, but I remember a time I was learning how to ride a bicycle, and we lived in a two family house. We lived upstairs, and um, I I guess it was getting close to supper. I can't remember all the details. All I know is my father told me, do not ride your bicycle. Because I was just learning, I think there were still training wheels on it or something. Yeah, I remember all that. See that? I'm this old, and I remember that. That's, but it stuck with me. So now, now we had a, a young man downstairs. He was older than me. His name was Sal, Salvatore. We were a little Italian. But, <laughs> Salvatore lived downstairs. We lived upstairs. Now, Sal, he had no such restriction. He was riding his bicycle. So, you know, mom's not yelling out the window. Eh, it's not time to eat yet. So let me just go ahead and get the bicycle out. Well, I got the bicycle out. And sure enough... I fell, and I I tore up my knee pretty good. Now, I don't know what was worse. I get choked up thinking about this. I really do. I'm such a sap. I'm getting choked up thinking about this. So, now, I don't know which is worse, the fact that my knee is hurt and it's all bloody, or I've got to face Dad. (laughs) But Dad came downstairs, and he looked at my knee. Now, Dad was mad. Now, keep in mind, my father wasn't saved at the time. Dad was mad. And he let me know he was mad. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? See, Dad knew that I wasn't quite good enough yet to even ride with, and so the bike was tore up, and, and Dad, didn't I tell you? What are you doing? But then Dad continues on, and I, even in, through his aggravation, he wipes my knee, and he fixes the bicycle that I just messed up. That's our God. That's our God. God has given us the commandments. And God, but he is a loving, kind, heavenly Father. Hallelujah. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to form on Adam, and he slept, and he took out one of his ribs and closed the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken out from the man, he made it into a woman, and he brought her to the man. This is an awesome thing. You know, God could have done it any way he wanted to, but there's a purpose and plan in everything that he does. You know what? Let me just continue. Look at verse 23 with me. Adam said, Now this is, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked. Look at this. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. there was nothing to be sh- there was no guilt, there was no shame, there was nothing to be ashamed of but no there's so many truths in here and I could t- so many things in here that they that the world the culture and not just American culture that they're trying to destroy right in in there there's a mouthful two genders man and a wife that's fa- that's a, a, a male and female are what gets married, yes. right? Yes. Okay, they become one flesh. They're, they're, that's it, they're joined for life. Th- this, My brothers and my sisters, and those of you who ho- hopefully will soon be brothers and sisters, this is awesome stuff. But do you notice how everything that we've just read in the culture, it, it, the modern world, mm. academia tries to destroy every bit of this. Why? Rebellion. No one wants to believe God. They want to be their own gods. Evil. Worship of demons. Uh-oh. See, I just turned somebody off. That's the truth. Amen. You. But, I, 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 you know, we're, it's hard for me to imagine. For me, I'll just speak for me, but I'm... I'm thinking that I'm not alone in this, it's hard for me to imagine being totally naked and not really making notice of it. You know, not really, it's like nothing. Now, I don't care what kind of TV shows they put naked and afraid and all that other garbage that they keep putting on TV to desensitize us to everything. And that's a problem. A problem, not for an old fogey like me, but for the younger people and the younger generations that are coming up behind us. It's a problem. So we know through the process of time here, what happens is, you know, now you have man and woman, they're in the garden, and the woman is convinced or confused or distracted by the enemy, and she takes of the fruit that she's not supposed to take. See, there's a little. Bit of a, a play. Oh well, God, you know God. Did God really mean that? God, you're not going to die. I see that spirit in every part of everything that we that we do. Where there's just those little, oh, come on. You remember when you were some of us who are older when we were when we were young and oh, just one drink, just one toke. Oh, it's not going to hurt. The, the, listen, my brothers and sisters, the methods have not changed. They're the same as they were back then. The distraction, the distortion. Come on. The twisting, the stretching of the words. And that's exactly what happened. So in, we're going to jump to uh, verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good... This is chapter 3, excuse me. That the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to eyes, and desirable to, to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. Uh-oh. Did you, you see what just happened? And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the, of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. Then the Lord God called unto Adam and said to him, Where are you? Did God know where he was? Physically? Yeah. Where are you? What did you do? What happened? My brothers and sisters, it's amazing to me how you can go from one... See, before that, there's no such thing as guilt. There's no guilt and there's no shame. But the minute they disobeyed God, they allowed guilt and shame into this realm. Who knows? We, we might still, uh, we would still be walking around naked. <laughs> no, 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 no. Honestly, God knew from the beginning. Well, but my brothers and sisters, listen. My, they died spiritually. They, they, there, there's something happened that, that they allowed sin and death to enter into this realm. Right? Because they disobeyed God. And my brothers and sisters, as I read this and I look at this, I'm, and, and obviously we're seeing, you know, now all of a sudden, I'm get, what they do is they realize something in that moment. Well, they knew they were naked. What they didn't see with their eyes before that they were naked? No, something came in, something, a rush of something came in and caused them to be shameful. Why? Because they knew they were guilty of something, and they tried to cover themselves. They tried to hide. So, brothers and sisters, listen. This is in, this also shows us we something. They were afraid to be in the presence of God. They were trying to cover themselves to hide the nakedness from each other. Sounds a little bit familiar as I look in the churches today and as I look at true worship. Where where is it? What what is it all about? When we can go ahead and we can just go and check the box, go to church, not stay not get close, not get familiar, oh yeah, but we have our small groups. Okay, that's, that's all well and good, but how much worshiping of God is there actually happening? Do we really want to get in front of God and, and just bear it all? Forgive the pun. Do we really want to go ahead and, because I want to tell you, whether you want to or not, you are. You are all naked before God. There's nothing that you can hide. Amen? Me too. We're all naked before God. There is absolutely nothing that we can hide. We can hide it from each other and a lot of times we could do that for quite a while. We can hide it from the preacher or the pastor unless he's born again and God is really just dropping some discernment on him. It's happened before and it's happened with many of you. How many parents in here, you know when your child is lying, you could discern it. Come on. It happens... It happens among us if we know each other. See, that's why, my brothers and sisters, churches have become more like that, more about what? More about entertainment, arms distance, let's go in there, let's sing some happy songs, let's hear a little pep talk, and then let's go home and live our lives. That's not worship. That's not getting in the presence of God. Come on, my brothers and my sisters, have you ever been, in? listen, maybe not even in the congregation, let's just say in your own personal prayer time, have you ever gotten with God and you start confessing things? I will tell you, man, last week or the week before, please forgive me, when I was looking for that picture to remind, I think it was last week, to remind us of what Jesus did and I tried to do it in a small, and in a way where it wasn't so... I know, egregious, and I don't want to get used to seeing it, but as I was looking for the right picture to put on that slide, I mean, I started crying like a baby. And, and why? Because he, he did that for me. And, and, I, and I realized, man, I did, number one, I didn't deserve it, and even now I fall short occasionally. What happened? I'm so unworthy. But here we are. And here he is amen he loves us and even though he sees all of the things all of the 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 bad things all of the stuff that we don't even see uh, of each other he knows he sees but he's willing listen to meet us here but we have to be honest and if we really want to get in the presence of god if we really want to see him manifest his presence we better go ahead and take it all off come on do you know, are, is this tracking with anybody right now? We need to make sure that we're honest with him. We need to make sure that, listen, he knows, so we might as well come clean and say, Lord, I'm, I'm having a problem with this. Or Lord, you know that I've messed this up. I don't want to mess this up. Lord, uh, I said some things that I shouldn't have said. Or Lord, I've done some things that I shouldn't have done. Lord, please help me, because I can't seem to break free from this. But I know that you have, listen, you have provided me freedom. Thank you. You've broken the chains. See, so many times, my brothers and sisters, we'll hear from a pulpit like this, or someone who is like me, and say, well, you know, uh, we, we're, no, we're no longer slaves to sin. Or, um, you know, we're free from the, 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 the sin and death, the law of sin and death. Well, the, 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 the death sentence has been taken off of me. It doesn't mean that. It means that sin doesn't have control over you anymore. That's what that means. It's not just that I can sin and not die because Jesus already died for me. No. The thing is, Jesus died for me so I don't have to sin anymore. Hallelujah. But we've got it just twisted a little bit here or there because we still want to lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. The flesh gets in our way, doesn't it? Hallelujah. Where are you in verse 9? Where are you, Adam. Say, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think in the church we've been so satisfied with just having a distant relationship with God and therefore there's no power. We don't see the things that the first church saw because we're okay with having a distant relationship with Him. God, I love you, but... God, I know you love me, but... Come on. My brothers and sisters, I want to see. I want God to manifest His presence. I want to see Him. I want to know that He's in the middle of us. Because listen, as time goes on, it's going to be even more important that we get together and we pray, we touch, we bind, we loose, and we agree. There's healing. We're going to need that. That we're going to know that Jehovah Jireh. We may have nothing. We may have. We may have families that have to go without. But we know that we touch and agree. We help each other. And if we don't have it, God will provide. Somehow, some way, God will provide. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We, we already know that there's persecution in this country and it's going to get worse. We already know that doctors get in line. Come on, I, I hear all the time from a lot of folks that work with me. I hear it all the time. Well, I can't get an appointment until blah, blah, blah. Well, what happens between now and then? I've, I've had a person who they thought my, it, there might be cancer, but they couldn't get in for this certain appointment for a couple of months. I'm thinking, okay, so if this is really cancer, then, then what happens? I thought the whole thing about that was catch it early, and then, then you know, your survival rate goes up. I'm not making that up. What I just said to you is not hyperbole. That happened. So, so my brothers and sisters, as these things continue to happen, and as it happens, listen, with even more grossness, for lack of a better term, I don't know if that even fits, as it continues to happen, it gets more common, it gets more hideous. My brothers and sisters, it's going to be more incumbent upon us to be able to come into this house, touch hands, lay hands on our babies, lay hands on our, our children, and know, and know, and know that God will heal them. But it can't be if we're living a distant relationship. You know, where are you, Adam? Where are you, Tony? I'm hiding because I've realized something. Look at verse 23 with me. I'm sorry, forgive me, verse 10. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. You see what he said? I was naked. I, I heard your voice and I was afraid and I realized I've got something to hide now. He's not talking about his private parts. That's that's, that's not not even the issue. That's just emblematic. My brothers and sisters, they realize, "Uh uh-oh, something just happened. And so Adam now is confessing, I heard your voice, I became afraid, realized I was naked. I I heard your voice and I realized, "Uh uh-oh, I have something to hide now. Verse 11, and he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which command, that I commanded you that you should not eat? Did God know that? Of course he did. He, Adam had to admit it. Adam had to say it. My brothers and sisters, so many times we sit and we wonder, you know, why did this happen? Or why is that happening? I've, I've done that so many times in my own life. Sometimes things just happen because we're living in a cold, cruel world. We're living in a cursed world. But sometimes it's because of something that I've decided to do. I've made a bad choice or I've done something without consulting him fully. Are you there? So why would I question God? No. I know. I know, I did this because it seemed like the right thing to do at the time. I didn't consult with you, God, or, you know, this was really something that I liked. This is something that appealed to me. How many times have we made decisions like that in our lives and then, you know, have a consequence and then say, well, why is this happening to me? So we know what happened. They covered themselves with fig leaves, the biggest leaf that they could find. But look what it says in 3.21, Genesis 3.20. Also for Adam and his wife, this was after he pronounced all the curses. This is what you guys did. As a result of, of what you did, this is what's going to happen. But it says that Adam and his wife, the Lord God, made tunics of skin and clothed them. My brothers and sisters, I believe in that he taught them a lesson. He taught them about, you know, the blood that had to be shed from the animals. Right? Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. So they lived physically, But now, there had to be something that had to pay the price for their sin. And that that was a foreshadowing. And that was something that had to be done more than once. How do I know that? Remember Cain and Abel. This is something that they passed down even to their sons. Right? So I I could just start preaching about Cain and Abel. But I won't, my brothers and sisters. But look, there is a price that had to be paid. And praise God, Jesus paid the price. Amen? Amen. He shed his blood so that I could be reconciled back to God. So that I could have a relationship with God. He shed his blood that my sins would be taken away. Amen? So I'm going to jump now to Revelation. So I'm going from one end of the Bible all the way to the other end of the Bible. So let's go to Revelation. I'm going to be in chapter 3. Some of it will be on the board and some of it will not. Chapter 3. Verse 1. And to the angel of the church of Sardis write, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you're dead. What does that mean? See, as far as everybody else is concerned, you look good. You look the part. You're doing some things. You're active in the community. You're you're looking good. Man, if... (laughs) Never mind. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Look at verse 4 with me. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Do you see this? There's this, there's this coupling, if you will. See, my sin, my nakedness is covered because of Jesus' righteousness. Amen? I've been given a garment of righteousness by Christ Jesus. Right, the Bible tells us um, we are the righteous of God in Christ. Right, so I, I'm I'm no longer naked. I don't have anything to be ashamed of. His righteousness has covered me. Does everybody understand that? Right, where that's where that's where we are. But my brothers and sisters, look, <clears throat> the problem that we have is that in the culture, when we start compromising or we start mixing and matching, and then all of a sudden that garment that we have starts to get corrupted, it starts to get defiled. And see, and where we should be cognizant of that, where we should realize that, and then go ahead and ask God to forgive us, and so have our, our, our robe, our garments restored, we don't. Why? Because culturally, it's still not that big of a deal. Right? Because God is not... Pl- See? That, that's the bad thing about... Living in grace is, you know, yes, He's empowering us, and He's giving us, and He's holding back His judgment, but here's the thing. We're not going to get away with it. I, listen. It is so bad where we can go ahead and make these compromises, and then I read Scripture like this, and this is to a church... And he's saying to the church, you're doing some things, and on the outward side, I mean, it looks good. You're doing some works, but your works aren't perfect, right? And do and, 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 and you, and you see what he says? Let me go back. You're alive. You have a name. You have a name. See, you're known for the things that you're doing. You're known. Does, can anybody, is anybody following this? There are some big ministries with a name. You're alive. you got a name. But you're dead. Why? Because those works that you're doing, they're not perfect before God. They're really all about what you think you should be doing and not about what God is telling you to do. It's all about you pleasing people and filling up the place versus going ahead and what thus says the Lord. So what happens is you are allowing not only your garments to be defiled, but you're teaching other people to have their garments defiled that becomes the norm. My brothers and sisters, we live in such a culture that, let me, I'm I'm so rattled right now. Lord, help me. Settle me down in the spirit, Lord. So, a week ago, I believe it was yesterday, um, Michelle had this wonderful idea that we'd buy the kids a Christmas gift. And it was, we'd take the whole family to Aquatica to the water park. So the kids, grandkids, most of the grandkids, we all went. <laughs> Pastor Tony didn't have a great time. The best time that Pastor Tony had was that he was with his kids and his grandkids. And, he, and I enjoy always being around my kids and my grandkids. And the, the, the babies, Brindley and McKinley had a great time. And that was great. That, was, that made it all worthwhile. But here's what I noticed, because it's been a long time since I've been any place like that. And you want to talk about shame and nakedness? Mm. Mm. I want to tell y'all something, and I'm not trying to be funny. I was, I was disgusted all day. I, I was disgusted all day. Because I want to, honestly, so now you have people literally, I'm not, I'm not making this up, literally, their behinds are showing. Yep. Now, I don't know about you. But me, I don't want to see anybody's behind. I'm there with my kids. I'm there with my grandkids. You know what really grossed me out? Is I see moms with their little kids and they're standing there. They've got practically nothing on. Well, it's normal for them. They don't feel... No shame. Okay. That's the world. The world is going to do what the world does, but they're going to continue to push that line. And so, what happens is, my brothers and sisters, and you know, there's there's places now where they think that women should be able to go topless, blah blah blah. Well, Tony, you're a prude. It's not big it, that big of a deal. I think it is a big deal. Here's the thing: I, I, <laughs> if you're a Christian woman, keep it covered, all of it. Amen. That's what the Bible says. If you have a problem with that, you have it, it, you don't have a problem. You, my, I'm not your problem. The scripture's your problem. Amen. Read the scripture. Follow the scripture and you know you're supposed to dress modestly, keep it covered. Okay, fine. The world is going to do what the world's going to do. But here's what happens. We don't want our children or we don't want to be you know, the oddballs. So we kind of compromise a little bit. By compromising, you're defiling your garment. You are defiling your garment. So you might not have your whole behind sticking out, but you might have just... Some of you behind sticking out. Either way, it's bad. Amen. And some of you, it's real bad. Let me just tell you that. I'm telling you something. And I'm telling you, it's not even fun. It's disgusting. It's terrible. I'm going to tell you something else. So I'm there, and this place is way too crowded than it, than it should be. It starts to rain, Right? So there's nobody, there's, everybody's going for the umbrellas. So I'm, I get to an umbrella, there's hardly anybody there, and then there's this family that's coming up, so I try to move chairs to uh, make room for them, right? So I get everybody under this umbrella, and me, and then another lady walks up, and she literally has this backpack, or whatever it is, and she literally moves me out of the way, so now I'm no longer under the umbrella, but she is. And well, see, Tony, if you were a real Christian, you would have moved out of there in the first place. Yeah, maybe so. However, <laughs> my point is that that then I'm in another place. I'm sitting down on a bench. Uh, a woman and a couple of little kids come up. So I move out of the way to give them room. I guess in her mind, I didn't give her enough room or she just didn't want me there. Maybe she thought I was some kind of pedophile. I don't know. But all I know is she literally gets next to me and butts me off the bench. Not lying. I'm not lying. So, Tony, you say now you're mad and you're going to preach on that because you had a bad time at the water. No, I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, we can't act that way. And listen, oh, I don't do that. My whole butt Don't even let half your behind. And if you're a man, you keep everything covered. I don't care how much buff you are, how, how much working out you're doing and all this other stuff. Man, make sure your pants are picked up. Make sure that you're not always trying to flex and all this. That's garbage. Garbage. My brothers and my sisters, listen, as as silly as this may seem, this is real. And because the world is doing all of that and we don't quite do it as well as they do or go as far as they do, we think we're okay. No. In fact, the world has even turned it around so that when people like me say things like this, we're the oddballs. We're wrong. We're intolerant. We're the ones that are in sin. Well... I'm just going to go by what this says. This is forever. This is real. And listen, I'm not. All I know is I want the robe of righteousness covering me. I don't want my nakedness to be before anybody. I don't want. Listen, I don't want any. I don't want to have to feel guilt or shame about anything that I've done or said. So listen, Lord, help me. Lord, be with me. Lord, keep me. Lord, empower me. Lord, strengthen me. Lord, come on, I need the Lord. I can't do this without what thus saith the Lord. I'm not worried about what the modern culture says anymore because they've gone way, way off the deep end. So if I go halfway, I'm okay. No, not what thus says the Lord. I want to keep my garments. And just because I'm going to church, and just because I may look the part, I can't be Sardis. Right? Hallelujah. I will tell you this. It rained a a few times and there was this one time when our family was gathering and there was a a gentleman and he had two younger kids and we were trying to get the uh, Brinley McKinley at least under there and and he literally moved some stuff a little bit to the side to make sure that... that, Thank you. There are still some people, my brothers and sisters, and I am going to tell you, you should be one of those people. You should be. Man, God, the, whenever somebody delivers something to my house now, like the, uh, what is it, the Amazon guy, the UP, UPS guy yesterday, we got all the backpacks and stuff, which I'm excited about. We've got the backpacks now for the, the students going back to school as well as the normal backpacks that we've been giving out. It's really exciting. So they, they showed up. I was working on the yard, and uh, next thing I know, the guy's already, he literally took the boxes from the truck, put them in the garage. I never said anything. I said, Michelle, did you tell them what to know? No. He put them right where they needed to be. Praise the Lord. I said, whoa, hey, how you doing? Yeah, hey, you need a water? Oh, man, that would be great. Give him a water. And he's guy smiling from ear to ear. You think I gave him a $20 tip or something? I gave him a bottle of water. Come on. But my brothers and sisters, sometimes that's what it takes. Be kind. Be kind. Just be the one that makes the room under the umbrella. Be the one that offers the last drink. Be the one. That's who our Father is. Amen? 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 That's how you keep your garments unstained from the world. By no matter how hot you are, no matter how thirsty you are, no matter how bothered you are, no matter how troubled you are, no matter how much they defame you, no matter how much they mock you, no matter how much you, you're overcoming evil with good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen? That's how you keep your garment unstained from the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's, it's amazing to me. In the church, it says, I'm not going to read the whole verse, but in Philippians, the, the, the apostle talks by the Holy Spirit about people that, you know, the, the cross of Christ really isn't affecting them in the way, they're not, they're not walking like they should. And it says, uh, their God is their belly and the glory is their shame. So they're so, and it says, who set their mind on earthly things. So look, the things that they're glorying in, the things that they're happy about, the things that they're proud about, they should be shameful about. And it's all because they're motivated by here on earth. So now we're going to stay in Revelation. Look at me in Revelation chapter 3. Look with me, I should say. Forgive me. In in chapter 3, verse 16, we'll read it together. 3.16, 3.16, so then because you are lukewarm, this is the church at Laodicea, right? Remember, he tells them, you're not hot or cold. I wish you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. But look what he says, so then because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy for me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich with white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Do, do, are, is this tracking? Do you see this? So because I have some things, because maybe, you know, I'm in a good place right now in, as far as this world goes. I've got some possessions. I've got the house. I've got the two cars. i got, you know, I've got some things. And overall, it looks like I'm living a pretty decent life. I've got a good job. I've got all of this. No, that's not what, that's not, just because you can buy yourself good clothes, that doesn't mean you're clothed. The clothes that we need can only come from Him. And, 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 and look, look at what it says because you're judging yourself according to the world's standards, you don't realize that you're miserable, blind, poor, and naked. You don't realize that you're naked. You don't realize that you should be in shame. Pretty quiet, <laughs> my brothers and sisters. I'm not. I, the world is going to be the world. Remember those two those two letters that I just read to you. They were written to the churches. The whole the whole New Testament is written to the church. So he's warning us. Why? Because he knows that we need to encourage you. We need warning. We need to watch out. Why? Because we're still living in the body. But he's made provision for us. He's wrapped us. He's given us his righteousness. He's given us his white robes. He's given, come on, this is awesome stuff. That's our God. Our God who brings conviction, not condemnation. Holy Spirit, God in us, saying, no, don't do that, or you've done that, now let's repent and not do it again. That's our God. Not looking to go ahead and throw some mud on our garment. No, he's the one that wants us to help us to wash it off when we soil our garment. Come on. robe of righteousness. It's, it's Christ. Those of us who've been studying in Galatians together, I'm sorry, forgive me, those of us who've been studying in 1 Corinthians, we talked about the body being one and those who are baptized, in Galatians says, those who are baptized, in, um, baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So, so now I'm, I'm, I'm seeing something here. I've got to have this robe on. I've got to have this garment on. Well, this garment comes from being in Christ. It says to us in Scripture in more than one place to put on Christ. Amen? We'll get to one in a moment, but, you know, wh- what does that mean? i got to put on Christ. It's rhetorical. I know, I think everybody here, most everybody watching, you know what that means. We, we see the life. We ingest the word. And then we live the life. That's putting on Christ. That's saying, listen, I'm going to live according to Christ in me. I'm not going to live any longer according to what Tony knows, what Tony understands, or the flesh. I'm not going to be driven by my own mind. I'm not going to be driven by my own intellect. I'm not going to be driven by my fleshly lusts and desires. In fact, when Holy Spirit convicts me, um, I want to respond immediately. I want to be so sensitive to Holy Spirit that when I I am convicted of that thing, that thought, um, that desire, that lust, I want to be convicted immediately and react to it immediately. That's putting on Christ. Amen? How can I put on Christ if I don't know what this says? I got to know what it says. And I can't trust somebody just like Pastor Tony. I will never tell you uh, something that's not true. I will, I, you know, and I will never mislead you on purpose. But I'm a man. I'd love to think that every time I get into this pulpit, it's just totally spirit-led and spirit-driven. But my brothers and sisters, I'm not responsible for your eternal salvation. Jesus is. I can't save you. Jesus can. I can't provide you with the white garment. Jesus can. So I'm going to, he's going to, while he's going to use me to shepherd the flock, to try to make you guys understand or see or confirm the word that you're already meditating on or to warn you. Amen? Come on. To be an agent of Holy Spirit, to bring conviction. Come on right, to correction, for rebuke, for all of the things, for blessing, for blessing, come on, for all of those things. Now, I may be, I'm the agent, the Holy Spirit may be, you do that, but ultimately, the sh- I'm going to shepherd the flock, right, and, and all that that entails, but ultimately, you're his flock. Ultimately, he's the one that saves you. Ultimately, he's the one that puts the robe of righteousness on you. Ultimately, he's the only one, That can do it. So why in the world would I trust anybody else to speak to me what he wants to speak to me? Come on. Amen? Amen. All right. We're almost done. We're going to end in Romans. Romans 13. Romans 13, beginning in verse 11. It will be on the board. And do this, knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep, Brothers and sisters, listen to these words. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. I believe that with all my heart. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ And make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust of it. Simple, right? Simple equation. Equip yourself, arm yourself, put on Jesus. But you see that second part? Make no provision for the flesh. That means, my brothers and sisters, some of those things that you like and some of those things that you know have the tendency to make you maybe slip. Maybe make, maybe, maybe make you fall. Some of those things that tempt you maybe to compromise just a little bit. You know, maybe you you think that you don't have any issues as it relates to Drinking, smoking, dope, and all this other stuff. So just a little bit is not going to hurt. Or maybe it's a different drug. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's pornography. Just a little bit. Maybe I'm just going to look this. Maybe I'm just going (laughs) to... I'm going to tell you something. You know, go to the water park. There's nothing really left to... (laughs) I mean, literally, I'm sitting there, and me and my son, and, and there's a woman just dancing in front of us. I thought, man, wait... What, 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 did I just pull up and, and go to a, a strip joint or something? I mean, were they going to drop a pole over here some, somewhere? Though you're laughing. That's how disgusting it is. That's how disgusting that it is. So my brothers and sisters, look, while that sounds funny and humorous coming from a pulpit, my point is, and I think what the Lord would have us to, to know is, listen, don't make any provision for that stuff to be put in front of you. Pastor Tony said, if I go to a water park, I'm going to burn in hell. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Here's what I am saying. If you're a young man, and you can't see a woman's behind hanging out without lusting in the flesh, you better not go to a water park. As silly as that just sounded, I'm telling you, that's the same thing. My brothers and sisters, we have to be that diligent... We have to be that serious about our walk with God. We have to be that serious about not having our garments defiled. Why? So I don't burn in hell? No, so that you could be, listen, so that you could be uh, really doing the work that he called you to do. So that you could be, listen, fulfilling the purpose and the plan that He's called you to. If you are living your life, defiled garment, defiled garment. You know, it's not just worry about, okay, He could pull the plug today and then I'm going to go burn it hell. No, listen, my brothers and sisters, if you want God active in your life, if you want God to work on your behalf, if you want to pray for your children and have, it actually, have them actually hear you, your garments better not be defiled. Amen. Plain and simple plain and simple, put on Christ. Don't make any provision for the flesh. Don't feed it. Feed the Spirit. Amen? Amen. My brothers and sisters, it's burning me. I, I don't know if I've delivered that well enough so that you understand it, so that you, so that the Lord is able to do something in each and every one of you. Personally, as a body, I hope as a body our church would understand this so that when we come together, my brothers and sisters, the Lord would be in the middle of us. The Lord, listen, when we sing, we can have an experience like they had when they dedicated the temple. My brothers and sisters, God inhabits the praises of His people. That I means God is there in the praises of His people. God, I want the manifest presence of God to be here. I want him to burn away all of the dross. I want him to be here. I want him to show himself mighty and strong. Why? should so I will believe more? No, because I do believe. Because I do believe. And because I, I, want, I want everything that he has promised you to be realized in your life. Hallelujah. Healing. Healing. Is there anyone in here that needs a healing Is there any? Come on! Is there anybody in here that's just sick and tired of being sick and tired? Is there? Listen! Is there anybody in here that you know that you've been praying for people for a long time? They're 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 not showing signs of being saved yet, but you want them to be saved. Is there something that you know that you have no control over, but you know God will? Is there something that you want God to work out on your behalf? And and most of the time, it always, for me, it always goes back to people that are around me that aren't saved. Will God hear your prayer? Yeah. Are your garments defiled? Are you making provision for the flesh? Is it more important that you fit in with the crowd or kind of compromise a little bit? Now listen, I'm not saying, y'all, you need to dress like a Mennonite woman. I'm not saying that. But you know. You know. Men, some of the things that some of the. I had a guy try to tell me a dirty joke the other day. I had to stop him. Men, uh, when you get around certain people, are there certain things that you would listen to or kind of you know chuckle out and all this? Is, is, is that how it goes? Yeah, come on, say, am I getting off the subject here? No. No. We need to put on our garment, it needs to remain. We cannot soil the garment. He's covered our nakedness. You know, he says in the Old Testament that when pe- when the children of Israel, when they rebelled and everything, so I'm, I'm and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to roll up your skirt. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make everybody's going to see your nakedness. Anybody read that part besides me? It's there. So, my brothers and sisters, why would I want to do that? Why? answer, I don't want to do that. And I know there's people in this room, people watching, my brothers and sisters, God loves you. God loves you. God wants the best for you. The best for you. And He's already provided the best for you. But I can't be... like some of these other guys, and tell you, you know, God wants the best for you, and the provision has been made for you, and everything's going to be, a, you know, sunshine and light. Your blessing is right around the corner, and all you got to do is, you know, name it and claim it. I'm not going to say to you, you know, no, no. Jesus Himself said, "There's going to be some challenges that you're going to have in this world, but you win." That's what He said. In this world, you have tribulation, but you good cheer. I've overcome the world. In Him, you've already won. That's what I'm saying. His garments, His righteousness, were in Him. I yesterday when I'm doing this yard work, Michelle's such a slave driver. <laughs> no, I'm doing this yard work. So now watch. I'm, I'm having to trim some some branches and stuff. And I'm telling you, maybe I'm goofy. I'd I, I, I love to blame the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to blame the Holy Spirit. Forgive me. I'm, cu- I'm pruning some trees. I'm cutting some branches. Now, some of the branches were hanging down low and there was no flowers on them. These are crepe myrtles I'm trimming. But they hit the car when I go through, and you know. So I'm trying, They're not doing any good. They're just, you know, they're they're more of a problem than they are actually producing. So I, I cut it. And as I'm cutting these branches, I'm having a God moment. Th- these branches aren't doing any good. They're more of a they're more of a problem. As soon as that branch was separated from the rest of that tree, it's dead. It's dead. And then I look at some of these other branches and I see, well, there's one, there's a couple in particular where I could see the branch was coming out and then all of a sudden there was another pod growing up where it was beginning to flower and the one was going down and drooping. So what I did was I cut right there so now all of a sudden that energy, all of that is now available to that flower. That's what Jesus does to. So today, you may have heard something and he wasn't cutting you out. He's just cutting you back. He's just doing a little bit of pruning because there's some fruit that he has planned to bring forth through you. Amen? You're not cut off. You've just been pruned. Stand with me, please. Lord God, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Lord, I pray that you would take this word and that you would continue to teach us. Holy Spirit, that you would continue to lead us and guide us. Lord, I want to thank you for pruning us. Lord, thank you that you're not willing that anyone should be lost. But at the same time lord you've told us that you would lead god and direct us your holy spirit would lead us teach us all things so lord you strengthen and comfort us lord there's some under the sound of my voice right now that need strengthening strengthening and comforting lord let them know that no matter where they are they're not far from you whatever that is hallelujah. Lord, help us. Lord, as we continue to go out this day, this week, allow us to meditate on this word. Holy Spirit, please, convict where conviction is needed. Guide, lead, and direct. Strengthen. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Hallelujah. Lord God, if there are any under the sound of my voice that you're dealing with, that you're calling, you're knocking on the door of their heart, Father, we pray right now that they would answer and let you in. Young person, old person, somewhere in between person, If you know that you're not saved but you want to be today could be the day. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be saved. Believe what? Believe that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And that what he did at Calvary paid the price. He paid the price that you couldn't pay. The death sentence that was on us from the sin that was handed down by our older brother Adam. Lord thank you for paying the price that we couldn't pay thank you lord that your blood has covered my sin your blood has reconciled me back to the father and now i could follow you so help me lord to deny myself to pick up my cross and to follow you jesus if you prayed that prayer and you meant it you are saved welcome to the family of god maybe You've already prayed that prayer. Maybe it's a while ago. Maybe it hasn't been that long ago. But you know that your garment has been soiled. This message was for you. And the Lord has just pruned some things out of your life. Now you have to stay away from those things. You have to stay separate from those things. Lord, thank you. For pruning us. Lord, thank you for showing us the downfalls in our life. Thank you for the areas where we've made provision for the flesh. So help us, Lord, as we continue to live in this cruel, cold world where the enemy is the prince and the power of the air. Thank you, Lord, that still, though we are pilgrims and sojourners, we are always always citizens of your kingdom. So help us, Lord, as citizens of your kingdom to live and walk in the victory that you've given us. Forgive us when we've missed the mark, Lord. Strengthen us. Revive us. In Jesus' name. Restore the joy of our salvation. Father, thank you Thank you for your word. Thank you for being real to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming near. Father, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done and everything that you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be accepted in thy sight. And my Redeemer, God bless you. Go in peace. Have a great week.